Welcome back to Lunch Logic. This is Devin. This is Luke. Uh, before we get started, um, how are you, Luke? Uh, I'm doing fine. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I don't know. Um, what have you been up to? So what do you think about the nature of consciousness? Huh? <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about social constructs. Ooh. Mm-hmm. See what we did there? <laughs> yeah, so, so let's let's analyze um mm-hmm. you know that little that little conversation there. So um you know, for a lot of you and especially I think for me and Luke, I think that conversation has been had like hundreds <laughs> possibly thousands of times in our um in our lives. Um mm-hmm. you know, and if we like if we are going to analyze it, um you know, I started by asking how are you um which you know the question in itself is is fine you know it's a normal question um but then luke's response is you know i'm good how are you and then my response i'm pretty good (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so it's a a meaningless conversation isn't it right yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um you know like nine times out of ten the answer to how are you or how are you doing is good um, which, you know, if the, it, it's very unlikely that, that the actual, that, you know, nine out of 10 people are actually doing good, um, when you ask them, <laughs> but, um, you know, so, uh, it's just, it, that's an interesting, uh, example of a social construct that, um, you know, sort of detracts meaning from conversation and, and, uh, um, converse, uh, you know, connecting with each other and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, I think, I think, um, we can get stuck in, in the, that small talk stuff. I mean, I, small talk, I think has more use than, than even that. The, what we did just now was like less than small talk. That's zero talk. <laughs> yeah. I'll coin the term, you know, that, you know, we didn't say anything. Um, but, um, you know, can we analyze if there if there is value in that or or not? Um, you know, because I mean, if you sort of like if you if you're like me and Luke, and um, you know you know each other for a while, um, you know you can kind of skip over that stuff if you want. Um, but if you're like sort of you know, like in a situation like, like we are, or we're just getting to college or we're meeting some new people and maybe like you're seeing somebody that you, you uh, only talked to a few times before, it would kind of be weird if you didn't ask, you know, like, oh, how are you or whatever. And or what you... their major is or where they're from. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if you don't ask those questions and then um, you do it, you do, you pull the Luke and you're just like, what do you think about the nature of consciousness? <laughs> um, <laughs> You know they're going to be taken aback. Um, that's that normal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, is there is there value in just um, you know normalizing things for normalizing's sake? Hmm. I think a lot of these social constructs. I'm not going to say they're completely meaningless because they make sense. I think um, you know, even saying like how you've been, perhaps it contains this hidden message of uh, of the fact that you're actually, you, you care about this person or mm. something like that. 
But I think mm. we've came to a point where asking how you, uh, how you've been or, or responding with, I'm good, how about you? Like a lot of these comments are just, it's just part of the routine. It doesn't contain, it. it, it I think it lost its innate uh, purpose. Yeah. Right. Um, and and, yeah. and I think you brought up a great point, like nine out of 10 times, people just respond with, I'm good, I'm fine, how are you? And it's, it's I think it's a meaningless, purposeless, illogical conversation uh, that that's just unnecessary. And speaking of the nature of consciousness or whatever you want to talk about, <laughs> um, I, I think the purpose of lunch logic is to popularize these types of conversations in a casual setting, mm. um, even with strangers. Right. And right. I think, you know, if you if you meet someone um, in your school or 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 wherever, and you want to talk about the things that you love, a lot of the times you have to get to know these people and you have to, you, you need the transition, right? And you just say, hi, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. Where are you from? So what are you interested in? And then so on. And um, sure, uh, I think in some way it is necessary. But like I said, a lot of these uh, routine-like conversations that we follow are purposeless and they don't really contain any information or any type of message that that's necessary. So I think it's very important for people to understand that these conversations are uh, not just limited for, you know, like some educated intellectuals necessarily, um, but should be open and, and something that should uh, be discussed within the public. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's very important for people to understand that uh, or at, at least acknowledge the social constructs. Yeah, 100 um, percent. You know, I think you, you definitely like hit the nail on the head when it comes to like what lunch logic is about and, uh, you know, making a space where um, conversations about deeper topics, philosophical topics, is um, you know, are not. um exclusive to to some um you know highfalutin setting <laughs> uh you know what i mean and um you know i i definitely agree with you there um and i i also agree that you know the small the the, or the zero talk that that um uh, you know that we just exemplified there has you know you're really not saying much um at least like with the raw meaning that that, that your words have um you know especially them being overused and like you know you probably have that type of conversation like twice three times maybe even more um every single day um you know what i mean but you know if we are to get rid of that and to replace it with something what would we replace it with you know what what would um you know be the more optimal greeting you know or because um you know as of now hey how are you um is like you know, it's one of the, the greetings that you that you use. And uh, um, if we were to get rid of that because it, it, it doesn't um, contribute to um, good conversation um, or meaningful conversation, then what does? Hmm. I mean, it, it depends on obviously the type of conversation that we're trying to have. I mean, I can think of multiple times this week um, where I have seen people that I know around campus and, um, you know, like literally like we're, we're heading in opposite directions and we pass each other. Um, and so, you know, but, but 
but we still say like hey how are you <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know like we ask the question even though like we're walking away from each other <laughs> um it says a lot about the question you know what i mean mm -hmm. um definitely but um uh, you know th there's a number of situations that's just one where um you know you can't you don't really have the time um or the reason to stop and have a conversation with this person because you got to mm -hmm. get somewhere you got to get to class or whatever um you know that's just that's just one situation where the question hey how are you is used um you know there's many other situations like like for example if you are waiting in line or something and then you're you're um, you know somebody that you know is in line in front or behind you um and you know in this case you you're not leaving you 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 are spending you know at least the next few minutes with this person and so the conversation can lead to something valuable um and so asking the question hey how are you is not um you know, optimal for, for getting to that point where, um, or at least most of the time, it's not optimal for getting to the point where, you know, you're going to say something meaningful or, or, um, you know, do anything of that sort. And so, I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm asking, do we, do we split, you know, do we have, should we ask different questions for the different scenarios? Mm. Um, and if so, like, what should those, those questions be depending on the scenario? Um, yeah well, and, I think and... no, yeah, go ahead. so well, um, I mean one of the reasons one of the biggest reasons why these types of conversations is important is I think it kind of shows that people are taking these um, phenomena or, or like I mean let's talk about like consciousness for example you know um, I've mentioned how a lot of people take consciousness for granted a lot of mm -hmm. people don't realize or at least don't talk about the nature of something that we possess that's literally in our brains um so it, it's something that people don't question because it's so obvious and, and and it's around us all the time um which kind of is you know what philosophy is all about questioning the obvious right um yeah. so i think that's one of the reasons why having these conversations is very important because it 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 delivers that message across the public right um mm -hmm. But obviously, uh, I'm not saying that, you know, when you're at a party and you're, and, and you're uh, having fun with your friends, you should mention the uh, political and, ec and economic state of the world right now. You know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> so there, I think there's a line. Um, but in general, I think it's a great attitude. Yeah. What do you think? No, I, I mean, I think, um, you know, it's like, like I said, it, it's situational. Um, that's why a lot of times dialogue is so hard. It's because there's a lot of nuance to it, you know. Um, and yeah, most of the time, if you talk to, if you try, like, if you're in a, in a party setting or whatever, and you try to talk to somebody about political and economic state of the world, um, you know, you're not... <laughs> likely to to get a lot of uh to, you know get somebody who's responsive i mean obviously it depends on how you ask it and stuff like that um which is i think a lot of 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 what you know we're trying to um get to the bottom of here it's like we want to be able to talk about whatever we want um you know with people and a lot of times that includes the heavier subjects that require 
a little bit more thinking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so how do we, uh, I guess, deliver that that want or and that question in a way that is um, inviting rather than, um, you know, awkward or weird? Well, I mean, it's definitely the fact the fact that we're we're having um, this lack of uh, conversations that require thinking, right? Yeah. So it's not necessarily. I, I think um, I think this is one of those things that's really based on uh, how the society is built because of the social construct, because of the types of conversations that we mainly have, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, um, yes, it's, it's something that uh, needs to be fixed uh, from uh, just by, like, you know, ha- having these conversations uh, in a casual setting like we do. Um, Interesting. And it's not something that could be fixed within a day, obviously. Okay. So, right. oh, yeah, I guess I guess what I'm taking your answer to be is, like, if we all, um, you know, just have more of these conversations, you don't even mm-hmm. really have to change the delivery of the questions. It'll just become normal to ask the questions. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good point. Um, and yeah, I, you know, that it's like, it's, we're, we're, we're creating a new, um, social construct, right? Instead mm-hmm. of working within the, the system of constructs that we have already. Um, I think it, I think that's really powerful, you know, especially <clears throat> because it's like it's creative in that way. It's like it's productive. It's making something new and original, um, you know, which which like because it's it's not normal. It, it really it hasn't been normal since like the Greeks <laughs> to to <laughs> um, converse about these things, um, you know, on a, on a daily basis. Um, yeah. And so, you know. I think I think you know it's really important to remember that we do have power over these constructs because they are constructs, you know, and we can change, reform, um, deconstruct, reconstruct, uh, whatever we want, you know. And so, um, you know, I think that's that's a very valid point of view. It's just you know simply having these conversations will allow us to have more and allow us to have them with more people. Um, mm. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point. Mm. Speaking of social constructs, do you, do you think? Can you think of any other social constructs that um, that are perhaps unnecessary or even damaging mm. society? I mean, I'm sure there's a ton. Like for sure, for sure, uncountable. Um, but I yeah. want to talk about like. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure. Um, I want to talk about like the more unnoticeable social constructs. Like, like saying, habitual how are stuff. You? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like saying hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Like, like mm. these things, you know. Right. Um, so let's talk about like, um, I don't know. Give me an example. Um, like, um, well, okay. see, you know, the thing is, is mm-hmm. yeah, it's just it's hard to think of examples for this stuff, right? Because uh, it's so because habitual, it's so right? meaningless. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, it's literally you know without thought that we that mm. we do these things. Um, right. It, it's just so, followed without thinking about it. You just do it because everyone else does it. Yeah. But you know, I'm yeah. going to start off with uh, like a good social construct or a good social norm. 
or a rule that we follow. Um, uh -huh. Like, you know, manner, right? Okay. Um, like, uh, when you're eating with people, you can't chew with your mouth open. I think that's a reasonable social norm. Right. And because, why? Because, like, ex because, explain why. Right. Yeah. Right. Because it's disrespectful. I mean, it could be seen as uh, disgusting. Mm -hmm. um, so for those reasons, it's reasonable for other people that you shouldn't chew with your mouth open. Yeah. 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 Um, um, I think I think it is important to acknowledge, though, that, um, you know, sort of what we what we all decide is disgusting or disrespectful is also a construct. Um, mm. You know, I, I don't find it unreasonable that there could be a society where chewing with your mouth open is like a sign of respect or something because you oh. I don't know, you love the food so much, you just can't <laughs> hold it. I don't, I don't know. But that's interesting. Um, but yeah, you know, I just um, you know, I think I think there's there's value in deciding which constructs are uh, mm. more valuable and, and um, uh, um, yeah, more valuable to to society as a whole. And, um, you know, keeping your mouth closed while chewing, I don't have a problem with that. And I think, right. you know, um, it would it would be a lot of effort to try to, like, change the norm of like that being disgusting to that being amazing or whatever i think that mm -hmm. it probably wouldn't be worth it um so yeah you know that norm is fine mm -hmm. but let's talk about like um I, I don't know if this is a good example because i know no one really follows this but um but let's say hypothetically there's a society where if you want to eat a banana you have to peel it with a fork and a knife you know <laughs> Um, because <laughs> if you peel it with your hands, it's savage like or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, yeah. what, what would be the logical reason behind that norm? Um, sanit sanitary reasons, <laughs> maybe. Um, but you know, that's an extreme, um, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's an example of, of, you know, a, a um, group who is so like proper um <laughs> that they that <clears throat> you know they they their, their methods in eating you know sort of like restrict their ability to eat <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just easier it's easier to eat with your um uh you know your hands you know with a banana <laughs> no no like if if somebody had the question of like, well, what do we use utensils for? Then utensils are helpful, um, like for soup or whatever. You, it's not, you know, you don't want to have to like lift the bowl up all the time. It's it's sometimes better you're just a spoon or, um, you know, if you're eating a steak, you need a knife to cut the steak, you know, because you mm -hmm. don't want to like get all the stuff in your teeth and you don't want a, a giant bite or whatever. It's just it's helpful. Um, mm -hmm. you know, they have utility. Um. Whereas being proper for the sake of being proper, that is like, it's an ill, I mean, I don't want to say illogical because I'm going to try to see the, the reasoning behind it, but it's, it's arbitrary, you know, at the mm -hmm. least like, you know, somebody ah. just decided that that was proper and that was, uh, you know, you know, there, there's, that's what manners should be. But Definitely. Yeah. I, I do want to mention 
you know, I think it's important that we have arbitrary things, that we have um, constructs like that, you know, even if there's no like physical reason for, for them being in place, because, um, you know, obviously, like we have to be careful about which uh, which ones we choose and how we do them, because, you know, like, for example, if if you um, like in high society or whatever, and you eat um, your banana with a with a knife and fork, um, otherwise you're seen as improper, you know, then it's kind of like for for the normal person, like they're looked down upon because they don't eat their bananas with a knife and fork, um, you know, but I think, I think, so I, I, I think um, making, making it accessible to everybody is an important um, qualifier for, for like the norm, like, like everybody should be able to feel normal, mm. um, you know, to participate in that norm. Whereas like if, if, uh, um, like, like, okay, let's, let's just take iPhones as an example. Um, one of my, one of my, uh, my math teacher, he, he's from, um, Korea. He was telling me about how, um, teenagers in Korea, if they don't have an iPhone, they get bullied. <laughs> like, like they lose all their friends and nobody <laughs> hangs out with them just because of the phone that they have, you know, and that might be, you know, they might not have an iPhone, um, not because they like Samsung better, but because they don't have the money for an iPhone because they need a cheaper alternative, you know? And well, that's I feel like that's example. somewhat true in America too. I mean, we yeah. have one of our friends who have Androids. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I, I think, I think that's an example of, of a norm that, you know, shouldn't be in place because it's not accessible to everybody. It's not, um, you know, equal, right? Um, mm. But, uh, um, I mean, it, it exists even like within the iPhone community. Like, if you walk, if you walk in a school with like an iPhone SE or an iPod or something, mm-hmm. you're gonna get laughed at, most likely. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, people might not unfriend you, <laughs> but um, you you know, people will take notice of that. Um, and I think that's something that's you know, mm. not only is it um arbitrary but it's detrimental because you know people should be allowed to use the technology that they um want or you know or the technology that they can afford and they shouldn't be ridiculed for not having the latest and greatest you know that that's a part of like consumer culture and um um you know like hyper not to use the buzzword but hyper capitalism um that you know is affecting our society in negative ways um you know but to sort of go back to my point about the value that um these arbitrary social norms can have um it's like you know when you when you um like dressing up for um a fancy dinner or dressing up to to go out or something like that um you know that's something that's relatively acceptable or accessible it's not um you know super limited i mean obviously the the more rich you are the more expensive clothing you're going to have but to some 
degree, you know, people can, most people can, can, um, you know, choose clothes that will make them, uh, you know, look a little bit more fancy or, or, or something like that. And I think that has value, um, you know, because if, if you are, you know, dressing in regular, um, like for us, school clothes every day, um, it's nice to have an occasion where you look a little bit fancier, where, uh, you know, your hair is nice and, um, you know, you're in a suit or, or something like that. And, you know, to, to make the occasion, to, it makes the, the memory and the event more special, doesn't it? Um, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's an example of, a, of an arbitrary norm that has value, right? Um, and so the fact that, you know, there exists both arbitrary and, illog- and illogical, but also arbitrary and logical um, social norms means we have to be very careful which, with which norms we want to, you know, have in our society. And obviously try to strive for the norms that are, um, yes, uh, arbitrary, but also somewhat logical. That's, that's very interesting. I definitely agree. I think, you know, like about the, like, for example, using your utensils and the fact that the, 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 one of the reasons why you use utensils is because of sanitation, right? Mm. And if you were to peel a banana with a fork and a knife, Maybe it's not necessarily like we know that if you peel with with your peel a banana with your hands, it's not necess- necessarily going to make it any dirtier because you're not actually touching the food. But right. um, it maybe it perhaps it's just about how we want to present ourselves, you know, how we want to look. <laughs> it's not always about oh, if if you do it this way, then there will be more. Uh, germs on your food and and that'll make you sick and etc sometimes it is about how you look sometimes it is about how you present yourselves and um you know i about the iphone thing that you mentioned i'm i'm thinking maybe um like where do those social constructs come from and maybe i'm thinking like uh maybe the reason why a lot of us make fun of people with androids or flip phones or old iPhones is because perhaps it's a psychological operation made by Apple to mm. <laughs> hate or make fun of people who don't have the new or, 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 or with the with the most brand Interesting. new model. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's that's something to, um, you know, look into because, you know, at the end of the day, these companies are in it for the money. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a culture where only having your product is normal is great mm-hmm. for money making. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so yeah, the incentive is, is certainly there. And, um, I don't know if they like would like they have a dedicated department, um, you know, <laughs> for, for cultivating a, an iPhone culture in, in the world. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think to some degree their, their marketing teams and advertising, whatever, um try to um you know it's i think i'm going to i'm going to commend apple on this because they they do a very good job of towing the line between elegance and like high class and um premium you know or the feeling of of some some premium product that um you know is also available like for most people to buy mm-hmm. um you know for the average consumer i guess i guess you would say 
um, you know, I think, I, I think that's why, you know, they're a lot of times very, very successful because their products, um, seem exclusive and, and, uh, you know, special, fancy or whatever, um, cutting edge. And yet everybody is able to buy them, um, or almost everybody. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, call it a psychological operation, uh, maybe, but, you know, business side of me just says that's, that's, that's good business. <laughs> that's good product <laughs> design and marketing, you know? Um, but, um, you know, there, there are things that I think are, um, you know, definitely influenced, um, you know, in the ways that, that, uh, you know, you were kind of hypothesizing about. And when it comes to that stuff, um, you know, how we go about the change is something that I think needs to be considered very heavily. And, and does that mean um, government regulation about, um, you know, how you market stuff or, or, or um, you know, stuff like that? Or, um, you know, or is that something that, that just comes with um, changing, like, the culture in sort of like a um, grassroots, like from the bootstraps way where like, you know, two guys like us sort of preach the message and it gets around. Um, or is that something that, you know, the government should tackle? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think it, I guess it depends. Um, I don't know. If you, Luke, if you had government power, um, you know, what, what would you do? Like, let's say you were, um, okay. I don't know, like the exact position that is, you know, in control of like, um, marketing and business and how that's done in, in, you know, in our government, but let's say you are that guy. Um, what do you do? What is your mission? I'm sorry, but what's, what's like, what would you want to see yeah. in, in like the consumer culture or like the, the, um, society, like how, how we, um, huh. you know, about like making purchase decisions and stuff like that. Do, would, do you um, make it like, I mean, you, you can't, obviously you want people to have like access to, facts and and you know just raw information about the products that they're buying but you know is then then you know it, it's kind of it's unfair to ask businesses to be completely like neutral um and fact-based when they're marketing their products right oh or is it you know i mean in a way, like the, the ideal capitalist society would have the best products being bought by the most people. And it's most likely to happen if, um, you know, if people only have access to raw facts and they can't be persuaded by fancy marketing tricks or whatever. It's a really good question because I do feel like that fancy marketing trick that you mentioned is also part of your skill. It's also part of business. But True. Uh, but raw True. information and truth, I mean, they're also, obviously, I think they, I don't know, that's a really good question, Devin. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, I don't yeah. expect, like, 
you to be like a business expert um because right. you know i don't have an answer myself um mm -hmm. but you know i think at the very least it's important that um whoever is in charge of that stuff you know thinks about um you know the power of marketing and, and all that stuff um i don't want to be that guy <laughs> but um i'm taking an ancient philosophy course here and mm -hmm. um so right now we're you know we're reading plato and you know through him socrates and um before that um um a sophist which if you don't know like what a sophist it's i mean it's, it's similar to a philosopher but like they're very focused on um argumentative you know speech and and, and dialogue and stuff like that so i i was reading a sophist um called gorgias or gorgeous or i, I don't know <laughs> what however you say his name but he he um he uh basically he he had like a two or so works that that i read where um he basically used the power of argument to um make an unpopular belief like to to i guess to i guess so it was basically um exonerating like helen of troy um uh, if you know the story you know she was like like the face that launched a thousand ships or whatever she started the the um trojan war and you know people at the time were like mad at her for um you know what she did and and all of that like for causing that much pain and death but what gorgeous did is he um argued in her favor so he took the unpopular side and basically refuted all arguments against her um you know just through the power of argument and you know i think that's something that um you know is that like speech and argument and words and and um how you present things and and frame stuff has a lot of power on how people think about the world and so marketing and advertisement and stuff like that definitely influence how um you know we as consumers um in a capitalist society you know view the world and and um view the products that we're purchasing view our economy and and you know all of the above really and so um that stuff is very very like important for um you know for making a you know a good society you know it's like how do we regulate marketing and advertising and and stuff like that um and yeah i don't know it, it it's just something that i think might be overlooked a lot of times where you know people like to talk about um lawmaking and and and, and or i mean lawmaking separate from advertising and uh, um um uh, you know policies regarding that stuff rather than like how people are actually viewing things you know because that's that's one layer deeper isn't it um that that's how your opinions are formed it's through the experience and the content that you consume um and so you know monitoring and um regulating that content or how you go about doing that is very important conversation you know um yeah interesting and i think that that would you know in in mine and and possibly probably 
your um, society, you know, it would be nice to have a culture of people who would question the content that they consume regularly, uh, mm. you know, entirely, you know, without fail. Um, right. That could, you know, like you said, like, like thinking about these things critically um, is, you know, how you, how you are able to like find the things that, that are, that are best for you. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think the example that we, that we picked to um, sort of display a, a, a weird or, you know, useless social norm was a lot more relevant to, um, you know, something that, 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 that goes deeper um, in terms of like, like the mission of launch logic and um, really what we want to see in the world and like how we, how we want people to just be able to question things, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, whoever they are, um, believe in the power of questioning and, 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 you know, you know, use it in your, in your everyday life and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, um, um, you know, in conversation and, and stuff like that, you know, being able to, ha you know, ask these questions and stuff like that. Super, mm -hmm. super important. Yeah. One of the, um, so this is probably one of the biggest things, the biggest social constructs that I want to tackle, uh, which is dancing, right? Mm. Devin, okay. I love dancing. Mm. I love dancing even in public while I'm wired in. <laughs> uh, I think people might, they might have saw me as someone who's either drunk or mentally ill or whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I find no shame in doing that, really. Um, mm. I mean, I can't describe how heavenly it feels to dance to your favorite song. Um, and I mean, I understand their kind of, um, I mean, I, I get the way that people judge you because they can't hear what you're listening to. Yeah. Um, but if only they could hear what I'm listening, <laughs> I, I feel like they would do the same. Yeah. And I, I think the world would be so much more wonderful if people were dancing in public and no one really cared about it or even joined their yeah um <laughs> their feeling and stuff like that but it, i think it's a shame that um i mean what do you think <laughs> no yeah um yeah that is that is something that you know very regrettable that um it's weird to express yourself like that and you know to to dance to and feel music um mm -hmm. you know and let it sort of just take control um you know the fact that we have stopped ourselves from doing that um because like, and we see it as abnormal for somebody to do um almost a tragedy you know mm -hmm. <laughs> um not to be dramatic but you know, maybe we should be dramatic about these things because they matter uh because um, you know, dancing and, and, you know, being able to feel music like that can, you know, like you said, it's heavenly. It can do wonders for, you know, a person. Um, mm -hmm. It's something that should be valued, not um, ridiculed or, or, 
um, laughed at. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, what do we do about it? Well, I mean, I really do think, I mean, what's stopping us from making this world look like a musical? I think one of the biggest things about, one of the biggest things that we forget um, as we live in this world is that we are so free. We're so free to do anything. Um, We are able to do anything as long as it obeys the laws of physics. Um, And there's nothing that's stopping us from making this world look like a musical. And I don't think, I think, (laughs) yeah, and, and, and I think these social constructs are pretty detrimental. I mean, like for me personally, I don't really care how people think about the way I dance in public while I'm listening to my favorite song. Um, but I think it'd be wonderful if other people could join me. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's often where I, I have my headphones in um, and I'm, I'm walking around campus and, like, the song is just so good. Like, I want to, like, start running. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just want to, like, you know, I just want to go. Um, mm-hmm. And... You know, if we could like all collectively feel that feeling at the same time and relate to each other in such an intense way, um, that is, you know, heaven in my eyes. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be even musical. Um, you know, it's just just having that power to, um, you know, really connect to other people and know that they. Um, are feeling similar if not the same thing that you are um it's so comforting it's so uh you know liberating especially because a lot of you know um a lot of the culture or today like like stuff that that you're sort of made out to to feel is like you're different from everybody else in some way um mm-hmm. and you know it's not just a today thing it's probably just a normal human thing um mm-hmm. but you know, if we can overcome that and relate to each other and all have a giant dance party in the middle of the street, um, mm-hmm. you know, it just completely shatters that. Um, mm-hmm. And that is something that I think is, you know, could be super, super powerful. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, there was, do you remember, like, I don't remember the year. I was young, like like 2016, maybe 2015. Um, there would be like dance mobs. In like malls hmm. i don't know like like somebody would just like bring a speaker i think and hmm. just start dancing and then you know some people would join in other most people would would pass by but you know by the end of it there there might have been like 50 people there dancing to a song spontaneously hmm. um and i don't know that just popped up into my, into my head that was you know tucked away from from a while ago but um when you think about it, like that's really amazing. And that happened, like that is proof that we can do it. Um, like you said, we are free. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess it, it just takes a little bit of effort. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my assignment for you, Luke, is to start 10 dance mobs <laughs> by the end of the <laughs> week, all right? <laughs> Will do. <laughs> <laughs> Devin, I think uh, you mentioned what was it? Um, like, what do you, what do you think would be um, 
like what do you think would be the consequences of or i shouldn't say necessarily consequences like i i don't know how to say this um because let's say hypothetically hypothetically the world is now like a musical where people are just dancing in public and people are joining in and, and stuff like that yeah uh, do you think that would increase people's happiness yes um one for the reasons i mentioned before with like connecting with each other and feeling the same feelings relating in that regard mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but also just because dancing is fun you know right doing something spontaneous is fun mm -hmm. expressing mm -hmm. yourself is fun mm -hmm. um you know and so i think the more ways that we that we are able to express ourselves um i think the better off we are you know what mm -hmm. i mean um that's you know i i think everybody will go about it in a different way and so um you definitely shouldn't say like um you should be dancing or switch the norm to being like oh if you don't join into the dance mom no, you're a loser no. <laughs> um, no. but um so you know but uh, you know normalizing expression in whatever way i think right. is valuable right? Right. right yeah um i mean as long as you're not uh like singing out loud in subway and distracting other people right and just kind of sort of you know it's like keeping it somewhat to yourself uh you know, I, I think it's a wonderful thing. And um, I mean, I, if you really do love what you're doing, you probably shouldn't care about what other people think about you. But I'm just saying it would mm -hmm. be even more wonderful if other people could join you as well. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I, I think what you say is true. Like, if you really enjoy it, it shouldn't matter what other people think. But at the end of the day, people care what other people think. It's a human feeling. You know, it's it's not their fault that they care. Uh, you know, in some ways, you know, that makes them a good person. Um, so, you know, then, yeah, changing the culture, changing the norm, uh, I think is important, right? Yeah.